Welcome back to Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This month, we are tackling the shame trigger of aging. And of course, that can go in so many different directions. This episode with Carrie Thomas focuses on the actual stuff. One thing that we don't always talk about with aging is all of the physical stuff we accumulate over the years. And as a returning guest, Carrie is the one who helped me see that our mental our physical, our spiritual, our emotional clutter, it is all connected. And so as we start to unravel our physical stuff, you know, it can lead to so much more. And so she shares practical tips on both how we ourselves can start to work on our physical stuff as we age. And also, if you are in that sandwich generation, you can help your parents because we all know that things can get a little tension-filled when we're trying to deal with both the physical and emotional clutter. So sit back and enjoy as Carrie Thomas and I flesh it out. Don't forget to check out our VIPs, our valuable, insightful partners. You can find them at www.samanthaspittle.com slash VIPs. You'll find people that can help you with additional resources and services to keep fleshing it out beyond the podcast. Well, I'm so excited to have you back, Carrie. Yes, I always love coming on. Well, I'm excited. We are talking about all things aging. And with you being with Conquer the Chaos, I know that you work with a lot of people who are kind of going through that aging process, downsizing and things like that. And, you know, we've talked about being in the sandwich generation where you're helping your parents. You also have your own kids. And I just feel like the stuff is overwhelming. And as you and I have talked about it, and you talked about on your TEDx talk, all of our stuff is connected, the physical, the emotional, mental, spiritual. So I'm excited to kind of dive into some of that emotional stuff, but also some practical tips to help us move forward because we don't want to be stuck either held down by our things or other people's things. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Carrie. Yes. Thank you. Um, Carrie Thomas, as you said, owner of Conquer the Chaos. And I am an organizing and productivity coach. I have a lot of different, um, I don't know, passions. I work with business owners in their offices. And as we've talked before, that's, you know, my favorite. What I'm most known for is helping people organize offices. I also have a women's group where we dive into this stuff, the home, the office. But then we also do all the internal, like you said, um, emotional, mental, Um, spiritual clutter. And then I actually work with some college students, helping them coaching on time management and getting tasks and things like that. So when you asked if I would talk about aging, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect. I have had more and more and more requests. Some of my long-term clients back when I did more residential in-home organizing were people who were looking to downsize or families who hired me because Sadly, you know, a loved one had passed and they needed help and people, oh my gosh, you talk about emotional. There's no more emotional clutter than when you are looking at making decisions from a long, full life or generations of long, full lives that have now fallen in your lap. And it is, it's more, it's more common than you would think. And so I, I do have some things I really, I really want to get off my chest. I really yeah, want to yeah. share with people to make it easier uh, because I've, I've seen all parts of it. I've seen, you know, the, just the stuff. 
how do we sell it? Where do we donate it? What do we do with it? I've seen the paperwork and the financial side of things. You know, we have no idea how mom and dad did their taxes or where their important documents are and all those type of things. And it's, it's not just helping parents or our elders, but it's also now looking at what small changes or what things can I implement now just to make life easier, you know, because sadly, it's, it's not always aging, you know, tragedies can happen at any age, but um, there are some very practical things. So I'm super excited to talk about this today. <laughs> Yay! It's funny, because my own personal journey, you know, with seeing my parents help their parents out. And, you know, thankfully, they were able to help with the downsize, you know, the my grandparents kind of uh, helped with their own downsizing. You know, my, my one set moved from a farm to in town. And so that helped a lot. And then my grandma kind of progressively moved from her house to an apartment and then to an assisted living facility. And I could see how helpful it was that, you know, she was there during that process that they did it together. Cause I saw, especially with my mom, so much of the emotional guilt. And I think this is where this shame thing comes through with, you know, when you're kind of stuck in the middle and you're trying to help your parents. And as we talked before about respecting your parents' autonomy and, you know, their emotional ties to stuff, and then it brings up your emotional ties. And it, you know, I feel like there's so many opportunities for tension and whatnot. And so it just kind of, for me, just gets overwhelming. And so, um, you know, I can see how my parents are starting to work on their stuff. Cause we joke, like I'm, you know, we're going to be stuck with it, the kids. So it's like, if they can kind of <laughs> help with it and it's yeah. made me want to declutter too, because I remember finding my grandma, she had like a, a Valentine from like 1923 or something. Mm-hmm. She was born in like 1918. So it's like, oh my gosh, this, she was five years old. I mean, this is at this point, it's like a hundred years old almost. How could I throw this away? And so now when I see stuff, I'm like, oh, it's so much easier to throw it away when it's like two years old than when it's going to be 90 (laughs) years old. Like I can't do it. So anyway, we can, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear this because I have such an emotional tie to stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. I still have stuff that I decluttered, but yet it's still sitting in my, why haven't I moved it out? It's still like sitting on the table. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> so you you said so many things there just in that one little monologue. I'm like, wait, wait, this, this, this. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I like doing with therapy and pretty much everything. Like, let me dump out all my thoughts, and then yeah. you just like piece you it. You organize together. them for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we start wherever you want because I I know that you know we are not alone in this. There's lots of people right. that are kind of going through this, no matter what stage they're at. So jump in. So- Okay, I'll just, yeah, I'll jump in with one. So one of the things that you said was you were able to help through the process and that Mm -hmm. the process was more systematic. There wasn't, you know, like something drastic had happened. Someone got sick, someone had to sell their house, that type of thing. So when you have that luxury of helping through the process, I mean, it's good and bad. It's good because it's more gentle on the person who is having to deal with it, especially, you know, the older that they are. Um, it's also bad for what you said, because we have more time to, you know, just oh, like hold it and touch it. And so just a couple of thoughts on that. One is I've had success and I've seen families have success when they don't approach it from, we need to get this place organized. You need to declutter those feel, it feels almost like an attack. Like you're judging 
Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to say parents for the sake of this. It could be, it could be anyone. Let's say you, it feels like you're judging your parents or telling them what to do. And that goes against, like you said, with the autonomy. So what, what I've seen very useful is when you come at it from the angle of we are improving things. A lot of people now want to safely age in place. That is a big desire for a lot of people. They don't want to be, you know, shipped off to a home, you know, that type of thing. And so if you can approach it from that angle, like we want you to stay and safely aging place. And, but we are worried about some of these safety issues, overflowing bookshelves that could fall down, you know, um, lots of things on the floor that people could trip over. I had one, um, I had one client and she was so fabulous with her dad. And he had like a monthly, I don't know, like poker game kind of thing. And she was, she was so good. She always framed it from, well, when your friends come over, dad, they need a clear path to the bathroom. When your friends come over, they need to. <laughs> and um, you know, it, it almost sounds, now that I'm saying it, it sounds condescending. It wasn't in the moment. And it was, it just, it, it lessens that feeling of being told what to do. And being yeah, told. So yeah. that's one way to frame it, like, you know, from people wanting to age in place. And so if you can start slowly, that's the best way to do it. One room at a time, one group of things at a time. Um, one thing that's really, really helpful, and this is not just for seniors, this is for anyone. So if I came into your house to help you, let's say you mentioned clothes when we were talking earlier. So let's say I come in your house to help you organize and declutter clothes and your goal is to donate a lot of your old clothes it's going to work much better if i hold it and not you <laughs> as soon as we touch the fabric we smell it smell is you know our strongest memory inducing sense that we have um, you know if it has a scent um, and we touch it and feel it it's so much harder to let it go even if it's five sizes too big or too small and it's torn all of a sudden those emotions come back and i teach so much with my clients when they're trying to create their ideal life to tap into the emotions and that's where your power lies of your unconscious um subconscious but it works in reverse when you're trying to get rid of things <laughs> i need you to say that again because that's so good about the okay. reverse to tap into our emotions because as, as you were walking through that i was like oh i could totally see myself touching it i'm like oh I love it so much. You know, I just, even as I was acting it out, I, I held it like I was hugging it. And so, um, so just walk one more through that, that opposite. I thought that was really powerful. Sure. So, and, and many people have heard this or work in this way, but the more things you can do when you're creating your ideal life that tap into your subconscious, the better your subconscious I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it's something like, you know, 100 million times stronger and faster speeds. And it's like it, the, when I have the statistics in front of me, they're staggering how much your subconscious is really running the show. And so that's why with my clients, I always tell them, like, step one is to feel what you want your future to feel like. State your vision, feel into your vision, like even even if it's an office. What do you want to accomplish in this space? How do you want to feel when you sit down at your computer? That type of thing. Because the emotion and the feeling is where your power is. Like I always say, feelings are fuel. So like if we feel really good and energized, 
that's great fuel for getting our tasks done or you know whatever we want to accomplish if we're feeling like depressed or um dejected or you know whatever it is that's not good fuel for anything you're not going to do your best work those days so that power of the subconscious is really really good but the reverse happens when we're trying to release things and let go of them because if we can feel the good feeling that we used to have when we use this pot to cook spaghetti um even though the pot handle is broken and you know etc it's harder to let it go because that subconscious is that strong so it's amazing when we can tap into it and use it for good but it also fights against us when we're trying to let things go yes. so um yeah so it's it's very helpful um even that's why i tell people to have an accountability partner or a buddy or you know bribe if you don't if you're not working with a professional that comes in like you know, bribe a girlfriend, say, hey, I'll take you for coffee or lunch or buy you a bottle of wine. If you come, just sit with me in my room while I do this. And if other people can touch it and hold it up, it's much easier to release it and let it go. That is a huge tip. It feels like it should be small, but um, I'm just imagining like that. I think that is actually really huge. So thank you for that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So you can, um, if you're helping, you know, helping someone downsize or declutter, if you can hold it. It's also really helpful if you honor their wishes. So this is why it's very, it's so much easier to do, even though it seems like it wouldn't. It seems like, let's send them to the salon for the day and we'll organize this place. Um, that almost always, the older the person is, the more that backfires. <laughs> Yeah. Unless, unless they're one of those people that are like, yeah, clean it up. I don't care. You know, th those people are out there. But what I've found is with any age, if you try to go into someone else's environment, um, your mom might have her favorite, you know, uh, hobby things like craft things or uh, favorite books, or your grandmother might like one blanket over another but they're all, you can't tell when you look in their environment. So helping people pull out their favorites and knowing where their favorites are and putting their favorites in an accessible place is really good. Um, ask those questions. Like, so we're not only pulling out what's important, but what are your favorites? A lot of people, the older they are, they have duplicates. I mean, I have duplicates and I literally sold everything I owned and moved to the beach and I still have duplicates. Like I still have two pairs of scissors, no, three. Like, why? I got rid of everything. I still have three pairs of scissors. So, <laughs> so it happens. Um, and so that's an easy place to start if someone is resistant to downsizing or decluttering to say, okay, let's just go through and get rid of like the obvious trash and look at the duplicates. You know, how many of these insert name do you need? Uh, that's always a good place to start as well. And something you mentioned about the having someone help you and kind of honoring it. I helped a friend, um, after losing a spouse, we went through his stuff, you know, um, when, when she was kind of, you know, when she was ready and I thought I would do it for her, you know, to help that. And she came back a few minutes later and we ended up going through it together and she was able to like walk down memory lane, which, you know, was painful but also very honoring. And I think gave that nice closure mm -hmm. and, you know, incredibly sad, but, um, 
but I just realized like the power of, and that's when, you know, we talk about holding space with people and being there, mm-hmm. it might not seem like a lot, but I think it really was. And we talk about decluttering when we're aging, but, you know, you mentioned before when there's tragedies and things like that too, yeah. that's really hard. And, um, you know, we were able to walk through it kind of together and, and she was able to reminisce and then also find the, the really important things, you know, that she wanted to keep. Right. Um, it's just, it can be a really good opportunity to, to walk down memory lane together too. So it can, and I would strongly strong. I, I don't know if people hear nothing else, but this next statement, I would strongly encourage you as you're going through this process and they're telling these stories, record them. It's so valuable later on to have things in their voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, sto- those stories, you know, we're not as much of a storytelling society as we used to be. Yeah. And I think each generation maybe even tells stories less and less. So don't let those stories disappear. Yeah, so record them. It's really important. And you said one other thing when you were talking about tragedy that I want to emphasize. And I worked with a gentleman. He was only in his 40s and he had lost his wife and he had two young girls. They actually, well, a couple points here. So they waited two years before they hired me. Nothing wrong with that. Everything in their home was exactly, I mean, it it appeared like she went out to the store and just didn't come back two years later. And that's fine. That's what they were comfortable with. Mm-hmm. When they were ready, you know, they did hire me to help. And so if you're helping a, a friend or a family member, you know, go through something like this, you mentioned saving some of these important things. So this is true for tragedy, aging, anything. Um, decide, like, it's okay. You know, I'm going to keep letters or mementos. And one thing, and this is true for any type of home organizing, decide what container you're going to keep it in, this special box, this bin, whatever it is, and then allow yourself or the other person to keep as much fits in that box. And that helps with the decision-making. It helps you truly keep the special ones or the ones, you know, I always tell parents, you don't have to keep every paper, keep the ones maybe where the kids did like those about me, you know, where they say in their own voice or, you know, something like that, or it has handprints or, you know, those type of things. But it's true. Even if it's your great grandmother's things, you're not ready, you know, for her to let go or for you to let go, decide on a container and keep it in the container. And I did the same sort of thing. Oh my gosh. I, I had forgotten about this family until just now. This was such an honor. I was so honored to work with them. Um, and he, we, we, last thing we did was their bedroom. Cause you know, that was our, her clothes and that type of thing. But she had boxes of her mementos that he didn't even realize were up in the closet. And there were love letters from like her first boyfriends, people he didn't even know that type of thing that she has mm-hmm. saved. And I'm smiling because it was, it was, it was, it was fun and it was uplifting. I know it doesn't sound like it would be, but he actually, he handed me the box and he said, okay, you look through this. And he said, pull out the ones that my girls, cause they're you know young, that my girls when they're in their thirties are going to sit and laugh and cry and drink wine and remember, Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I'm trying. I'm tearing up too. <laughs> and he said, and so it was such an honor because he let me choose like which of his wife's memories. And, but he mm-hmm. did it from that perspective. Like, what will my girls want to see 
you know, he mm -hmm. could picture them in their 30s, glass of wine, you know, sitting around in their sweats, like opening, looking through mom's stuff. And um, so it was a very gentle, honoring way to handle it. And so I think, I think that's the approach we have to take no matter the age. Yeah. I think that's, of course, I'm like still tearing up thinking about it. Cause yeah. So the big, I, I would be remiss if we didn't cover the big question that I always get. And that is, what do we do with this stuff? How do we get yes. rid of it? Where do we, because, um, so before I go into that, one of the best things that, I mean, we could even do it now because sadly we did segue into tragedy a bit, but we could even do it now. Yeah. One of the best things you can do for your family, for your loved ones is to ahead of time, before anything happens to you, let them know if certain things you want to keep in the family, if certain things you want donated to a very special charity, or if you're okay with all of it, just going to like, you know, Purple Heart, come in a truck, take it, let people know that because that is such a burden. People are like, what do I do with this? And I, I have to find a good home and that type of thing. And if you truly don't care where your things go and you just want to remove that burden, let people know. And if it's appropriate to ask, you know, aging people in your life, um, if, if that wouldn't feel uncomfortable, ask that question. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's harder for some people than others, but none of us are going to live forever. And it is a huge gift. If you let people know like, Hey, you know what? You can just give all my clothes to Salvation Army. I am perfectly cool with that because people agonize over it. Yeah. And they're left with that decision. Well, there's so much guilt. I feel like with, um, you know, the same is true. And I think we talked about it, about the medical stuff, you know, to, to also make your medical yeah. wishes known, you know, that's the other end of the, it where it's, you know, yeah, all the decisions you can make, figure out, I have been the type that I don't like, I've been in this mindset of, well, I don't know. So you just decide, but shifting my perspective to that puts so much pressure on your loved ones or the people, you know, left that, you know, better to just yeah, share as much as you can. And if we're able to do the work when we can, if we are able to do it before the crisis, just to help. Yeah. Help that. And that, you just said a key. You said do the work before it's needed. Yeah. So that is also a very good angle with a lot of people. Like um, I mentioned the dangers of bookshelves as people get older. Um, I had one client who had his dad um, he was really able to downsize his books, which were the love of his life, because oh he said, well, you know, before, like, you don't want them to be donated when you're dead, like you want to know now, like these people are enjoying them and, you know, that type of things. That's a lesson that I've learned from looking at stuff that was saved for a long time is like, oh man, this is old now, but it's like with clothes I've, you know, oh, let me save this. Cause especially like if friends have hand-me-downs for my kids, but it's like a few sizes too big. Well, the saver in me is like, save it. We'll need it. Not thinking like, oh wait, trends change. There could be someone that's wearing it now. Cause maybe by the time it fits, it's out of style. And so when you look at the bigger things, it's like, oh, this is true for all of it, you know, kind of saving it for something when someone could use it now. That's, that's been a good perspective shift too, for me. Yeah, exactly. Why let it sit in a garage or an attic when someone needs it or would truly enjoy it now? 
Yeah. I like the last little lingering thought from what you said way earlier. <laughs> um, I was just going to get that one out. And that is, it's also, and this is true for everyone, but um, especially true if you're helping someone who's resistant, is to have like that 90 day test, that 90 day box. Um, we a lot of us have heard the trick of like turning clothes around on the hangers and if you don't wear it in the season or a year, you know, then it goes. But as you're helping someone, you know, say you start with one room, um, have a box or a bin for those iffy things and let it sit there for, I mean, a lot of people say 90 days. And then if it's not used, then it becomes more obvious. Like, okay, we can let it go. Definitely. All right. So you said in the beginning, there is stuff that you need to share. So you touched on a lot from just me getting to dump all my stuff on you, but, um, for the stuff that you, you need to shout from the rooftops, what haven't we covered yet? A lot about important information and paperwork. Um, again, this is true for everyone. It's, uh, I think because that's what I do the most is, I mean, my clients nickname me the paper ninja. I've, I've sorted more paper in my life than, than anyone could ever imagine. But I've seen the back end. I've seen when people discover that there's a huge tax mess with the IRS. I've seen when people can't even get in their like online banking to pay bills after a spouse has passed. I've seen, you know, just when there's fights within a family because, well, there's, you know, just the documents are outdated and um, I mean, it's not like sunshine and roses, but it is grown up and adulting <laughs> to no. have your ducks in a row, <laughs> help your family members have their ducks in a row. Um, we never know when something's going to happen. I mean, no one's promised tomorrow. And um, especially as people are aging, you know, it becomes more and more of it's about, you know, it's going to happen sooner or later. Oh, yeah, it's a reality. It becomes more and more reality. Yeah. So um, just things like make sure that you know what accounts are out there. Um, I was helping a gentleman. Well, I, I still help him because he's like a part of my heart now. Um, but I helped, I was helping him for many years on a more regular basis. And he was never married. He has no children. He, his parents are gone. Like he has very little family. Um, he has one person that he's close with that he's made, you know, designated beneficiary and stuff, but nobody knew he had so many, like so many different stock accounts. I can't even count. Some of them had a lot of money. Some of them had like one stock. Um, just that's an extreme example. He has now consolidated and put them all into a brokerage account. And I'm so, so happy. And it makes my life much easier doing his filing, but, um, it, that's an extreme example, but make sure people know what's out there. You know, there's so many people that do sadly pass away and no one knows, no one knows that there's a safe deposit box at XYZ bank with, you know, 200 grand in cash. Like no one knows. Um, it, it things like that really happen and passwords, um, make sure that, you know, sadly, the older people are, they keep their passwords written like in a notebook, which is a huge <laughs> safety issue, but make sure people know where to find your passwords or incur encourage, even for less tech savvy people, encourage um, your parents or grandparents to use some type of password protector where you only have to remember one password, like LastPass or something like that. Um, and then make sure that the people who need it have that password. Um, 
just things like that. I mean, sadly, it's both for end of life and if there becomes a memory issue. Yeah. You know, that that's a very real concern as well that, um, you know, people just aren't quite sure anymore yeah. where they have their money or insurance policies or things like that. So yes, it's, it's not fun. And like this client I'm talking about, he procrastinated four years, five years from when I first started saying like, okay, all this is organized now, but we need to take it. You know, he procrastinated a long time. And part of that was finding the right person. It took him that long to find an accountant and an attorney that he trusted. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's not always fun, but it makes life so much easier. And it truly is a gift to the people that need to figure it out after someone's gone. Yeah, for sure. And you just said something that reminded me, you talked about, you know, finding someone they could trust. And we, you and I had talked offline about, uh, we're in the context this month of like aging, you know, but with all the stuff, the chaos of the paperwork, the chaos of the stuff that there can be a lot of shame wrapped into that, you know, the way you've yes. basically the way you've lived your life, you know, and now letting someone in to see whether it's all the stuff you saved or didn't save or had an order or yeah. didn't have an order. And I think that's where some of the tensions get brought up between families. And I've, I talked on when we were talking about that middle generation, if you're kind of thinking about things where everyone gets along and it's just this peaceful thing, but there's a lot of drama when someone gets sick or someone passes, you know, it's um, those generational things that have been pushed down for a long time start to bubble up. And so that whole idea of, you know, you might want to bring someone in to help, but maybe your siblings don't, or maybe your parents right. don't. And so do you have any insight on kind of how to overcome some of those emotional barriers? Yes. I, I will say that those emotional barriers are real uh, more times than than, I, than people would probably believe I've been hired and called in because of that shame. Mm -hmm. um, there, are, there are many people, uh, so if you're hearing this, you're not alone, get help. There are many people who haven't filed taxes. Um, I had a husband and wife and she was the breadwinner. He was disabled. He was doing their taxes and never filing them. And she didn't find out until he passed away. And she was faced with it shouldn't have been something she was dealing with when she was also grieving. It was really, really tragic. Um, but there, there is a lot of shame. You know, if there are, I, I've had people that um, didn't want their, this, well, one person, I shouldn't say people, one person, didn't want their family to know that they've been married before. So they hired me to help with that paperwork and dealing with everything and like quite figuring out. Yeah, there, I mean, I know your thing is shame and people have a lot of shame, but it, it's if you can take the steps before the stress, before the illness, before the whatever it is, before the you know memory problems kick in. If you can take those steps, it's so much easier. Just bite the bullet. Just you know help them with their paperwork, help them downsize, declutter, whatever it is. It's so much easier. It doesn't seem fun, but it's so much. Well, then it seems like then you can enjoy the aging process. You know, we kind of right. joke, um, getting older, you know, you, you care less what other people think and all this stuff and there's kind of freedom. And then I think too, when we have all these shame stories wrapped around maybe the choices we've made in life or something and in different seasons, it's hard to talk about. 
And maybe if we start dealing with the physical stuff earlier when it's not in crisis or things like that, or, you know, as we start to kind of go downhill or our parents are going downhill, you know, with health and whatnot, and not able to do as many, maybe of the practical things, maybe then you're not overwhelmed with all this resentment and frustration because of all the things that need to get done. You know, maybe it would allow us to just sit and enjoy our time together. And, you know, the older we get, like you said, it's the reality that, wait, we really don't have all the time in the world. And do we want to spend these last times together, just working, 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 or enjoying? Exactly. That's such a good point. And the sooner we start, the more joyful you can make the process Mm -hmm. because you could say like, all right, we're going to come over, you know, every other Saturday and do, and make it fun. But, you know, that option is taken away from you when you're in crisis mode. So if you can start earlier, you can make the process more peaceful and joyful for sure. And sadly, we've spoken through this as if everyone has the type of relationship where you can go in and work with your parents. And that is, that is not true. That's that's sadly not true. Um, So there have to be different options and approaches when people are estranged. You know, that's a, that's a very real thing. So maybe if someone's estranged, maybe all you can do is get them to at some point, let you know, like, Hey, if anything were to happen to you, you know, where can I find important stuff? Or if anything were to happen to you, would you like me to, you know, have an estate sale and donate the money to the, you know, veterans or like, you know, maybe just the short, quick conversations, um, if that's even possible, because I mean, that, that is real people in those situations, you know, the, the options are fewer, yeah. but you can try, you can, you can, you know, stick that out and maybe find out a few answers to the few of the bigger things as far as important papers. Can we just, you know, what do you want done with your stuff when you're gone? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. And it's, oh my gosh. I mean, whenever you're talking about families, it's also individual and there's all so much emotion and there's a lot, you know, it's like gone. So I, I do understand that. So if anyone's been listening and been like, oh yeah, well, that sounds great. Who's gonna go over and sit with my dad? Cause he doesn't let anyone in. You know, I, I know that's a real thing. I know that's a real thing. So just again, give yourself grace, do what you can. Um, Maybe some of the things you've heard during this podcast will help you with after the fact decisions. I'm really glad you touched on that because exactly. And that's one of those things that with shame, you know, kind of at the end now wrapping it up, it's like, but I think that's a huge part of aging is when everything's framed in the context of, you know, lovely family, but you have these really heavy traumas and things like that whether they're ignored, whether you have boundaries in place. I mean, there's so many reasons people are estranged and, you know, Mm -hmm. the surface level is like, don't hold grudges. Life is short. Well, there's also some serious trauma that might, you know, not be addressed Uh and for your own mental health, you need to have certain boundaries in place. And so I'm very, you know, grateful you addressed that. And there's no should in organizing or downside there. There is no, there is no should, Um, you know, my, one of my mentors, Barbara Hemphill, she always says like, it, it's not, people shouldn't say, well, what should I do? It's what will you do? And so maybe you won't go into that person's house yet. That's fine. Maybe you don't want to do it early. That's fine. There, there's, there's no should, um, you know, I mean, I give these tips because I've seen them in practice. I've seen the good, the bad, you know, what happens. So I am, I do believe in the tips that I give, but 
I would never tell people you have to do it this way or, yeah. you know, and no, there's, there's no should. Yeah. And I struggle with that a little bit in my work because I'm always telling people like, okay, well, organize your papers this way and do it this way. But I also understand that that doesn't work for everyone. So yeah. Grace, grace is a big word. Give it to yourself and to others always. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, thank you for all of these tips. I mean, I feel like this is one of those topics that feels practical on one level. And then when you start digging a little deeper, it's like, oh, this is bringing up so many emotions. This is bringing up a lot of stuff. So being able to kind of have the practical tips and then, you know, acknowledging kind of some of that harder stuff too, I think is, is very helpful. So thank you. Good, good. You're welcome. And how can people get in touch with you, Carrie? So my website is CTC Organizing, which stands for Conquer the Chaos, so ctcorganizing.com. I also have one of my favorite places to hang out. I have a Facebook group called Less Clutter, More Peace, and you can find us there. But everything, if you go to the website, everything's there. You can actually watch my TED Talk there, which is about all the types of clutter. You can find the link to join the group. You can take a quiz on your productivity. There's a lot right there on the main page of my website. So that's a good place to start. Definitely. And, um, and you can also find it on our website because I love your Ted talk. It's really empowering and helps you. you gain really good insights. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing your tips. And I look forward to more conversations. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, where we explore growth and healing through vulnerable conversation. Our hope is that you feel seen and find tools for growing resiliency and tackling your own growth and healing. Be sure to subscribe and check out the VIPs and other resources at samanthaspittle.com. This has been a Spitfire production. the greatest thing I've ever heard.